everyone. This is UCL Careers Podcast, Future Talk. And my name is Amy Lorenko, Senior Careers Consultant at UCL. On this podcast, which is powered by UCL Minds, we will be talking with professionals in different sectors about their career journeys and insights in relation to employability topics. This series is packed with guests who are changemakers and innovators in their respective industries and was created by the Engineering Careers team to help our students and graduates find out more about various professional experiences. Each episode will have a guest who will share their professional insights and provide valuable information relating to careers. The episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud on a weekly basis. On today's episode, I'm so pleased to be able to introduce our guest, Clive Santamaria. He is currently Chief Architect at ITV, having started at the company in 2004 as a development engineer. He has led the development of distribution technologies in his role and has been part of the evolution of streaming and cloud technologies. He has a BEng in Mechanical Engineering from UCL and MSc in Information Technology from Kingston University. Welcome to the podcast, Clive. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to having a chat about UCL and all things tech. Fantastic. And it's great to welcome a UCL alum back uh, to the podcast as well. So first question, you studied mechanical engineering at UCL from 1997 to 2001 and after graduating went on to work for Carlton TV as a development engineer before joining ITV in 2004. What helped inform your choice on the path you decided to take for your career and how did you find that transition from the academic environment to professional work environment? Yeah, well, I guess when you say it like that, it's quite a long time ago, isn't it? When you mentioned the words Carlton TV, it's the company that I came <laughs> <laughs> in that period. But um, yeah, I guess being at UCL shaped a number of things for me, not just from what I learned uh, at UCL, you know, in engineering, which is um, design and building and, and, and architecting things. But it was, I also, when I was there, I was uh, a member of the Film Society. And we also had a local communications station called Bloomsbury TV uh, at the time. And it basically ran, you know, this is pre-Facebook and things like that. So we had to, we ran comms for the rest of the university via that outlet. And um, so doing those two things, which um, for me was quite a creative angle and also understanding technology about how you, you get uh, things out to people to see, uh, doing the engineering degree and also getting involved in some of those societies, which UCL has got a great range, which is one of the attractions, I guess, of the university, um, kind of led me down a path of wanting to get into um, technology around film and television. So that kind of shaped you know, my aspirations at, at that point. Um, and then I did, as, as you mentioned, I did a master's in, in IT, um, so it's kind of software development. Um, and what they did that, that one is they had a placement a part of the MSc and I did the placement at ITV or Carlton back then to do a small project in, in, in my summer and so that kind of fused together my skills and my interests in, in one go and that's what I guess I would advise some of the students applying for for jobs and careers is to try and merge your skills and, and obviously what you you, you, you want to do because I think without that drive it's hard to, to see a career through unless you've got that inkling that you kind of want to do something and luckily I had that from from my university days. Oh that's fantastic so it was really that um, get involvement in clubs and societies that informed your sort of career trajectory. Yeah that's that's right I think um, 
you don't know what you you do and don't like I think you know especially early on I didn't know exactly what I did and didn't want to do but those societies I think triggered off my interest in the types of people I wanted to work with the type of things I wanted to do which is either like you know you're doing now putting a podcast together putting a a piece of material out or, or creating something I got that from the societies so that's what I kind of enjoyed and then also um as an engineer, you know, the, the chance to do something in an engineering field, which is what um, ITV has got in its technology department, which is quite a big department that's got a lot of projects and opportunities to solve problems. Um, that kind of triggered my interest. So, yeah, so the, the societies was the thing that actually triggered off a lot of that. It's a really nice fusion of like your technical skills and your and your interests as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I mentioned, I think you kind of need that, you know, you you can join companies where you just love the technology or just love the engineering. Um, And maybe you can do that to develop your um, skills in your career, but it might not last if you don't have a passion for the wider product or the industry that you're involved in. And I had opportunities to join engineering companies um, in different fields, you know, from automotive fields to aviation and and other aspects like that, but they didn't, they weren't as interesting to me person on a personal level as the broadcasting and, and TV production aspects did. So I think, yeah, not everyone's got luckily and, and loves their industry as well as their profession, and luckily that was something that I had. But I would, yeah, try and seek to to, to try and see what piques your interests in terms of. You know, what do you want to do every day? At ITV, we reach you know millions of people every day, and people talk about our shows every day. It's quite a popular product that you can people understand. So, therefore, doing something engineering around something that people understand for me was was a draw in, in my in my choices. Fantastic! And obviously, you've been there for a long time, so you must have kind of really enjoyed it, and you've kind of worked in a kind of various different roles. What have been some of the benefits you've found to working with such a big organisation? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, because it's a big organisation, I've had the opportunity to work work on uh, five or six roles, actually, in that time. And it did, it did, um, I did have to think about what type of size company I wanted to join in my career, especially earlier on. And there was a lot of opportunities for joining startups, for example, or joining um, really big, you know, uh, company American companies and things like that. And and ITV was sort of in the middle. It was a it was a good sized company where I could learn a lot of things, uh, do a lot of roles, and that that was really appealing. So that's kind of why I've I've stayed and moved within the the company because there's that opportunity's been there. So if you're at the moment applying for jobs elsewhere, I think you've got to think about. <clears throat> where will you learn the most uh, quite often startups i think you might not learn as much as what you would think um especially engineering or technology wise you might get thrown into the deep end and and work really hard and you might really enjoy that and everything else but which company will give you the opportunity to learn over the next few years i think that really should inform your choice on the on the other side joining a really super super corporate international company you might not be given the responsibility to work on certain roles, especially early in your career. And therefore, I think, again, that might not be the right choice. So maybe mid-size starting, and then you can you can kind of choose as you get on. Um, and, you know, we're talking about internships and graduate schemes. 
ITV offered me a, a, an internship um, in that summer. So that's why I think that is a good way of you learning about what you want, want to do uh, via these internships and whether that company fits what you've got in your mind about what that company is and does. I, I didn't really know how much engineering ITV would have. You know, I thought we just made shows and that there was some tech around the broadcast stuff. But as we've seen in the last few years, streaming and iPads and iPhones, all of that stuff got launched within the last um, 15 years or so. So the, so the, the industry has evolved quite a lot and therefore the engineering challenges have evolved quite a lot. And that's kind of why I've said, because all of those things have happened within that period of time. Fantastic. Um, so I think our listeners will be interested to hear a bit more about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the life of a chief architect is like? Yeah, it's quite a, a broad title. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, architecture, technical architecture, um, technology strategy, engineering around things that we, we create um, is all about, uh, I guess, understanding what we're trying to develop and where we're trying to go. So one of the early things I did, I did a lot of project work in my early career uh, as a, a kind of a project uh, engineer. And that's where the requirements were quite well known. How do we get this content out on that platform? So you know, when the iPhone was launching, um, we were, or how do we get the streaming format that the iPhone needs? How do we do it? Well, we needed a transcoding solution. So what in, that, in those days, I had to learn about what technologies I would need to achieve that requirement. And there were a lot of projects in that field where um, you know, things came out, PlayStation came out and um, Virgin and Sky brought out new boxes and we had to develop new solutions for those uh, new devices. So the role of an engineer or an architect is, is about understanding the landscape and translating how we would do what we need to do and often putting forward a budget and understanding what type of project team we need. So in the past, I've put together teams that needed a lot of software engineers or other solutions have required us buying a service from someone to achieve that requirement. And I guess in my role now, it's, it's, it's more of a management role now. It's looking at the direction of some of the things that we're doing. So it's a lot of talking, actually. It's a lot of, a lot of working with stakeholders. Um, and I think in terms of career choices, you probably should decide how technical you really want to be um, and how good at communicating you are. Because there's two there's, there's balances there. And I think, you know, you either want to, uh, do you know software development or work on te certain technologies day to day or you want to communicate the benefits of those technologies or work with stakeholders on what they need and I've actually um, as I've as I've gone through my career I've gone towards the stakeholder side of things because I've really enjoyed working with people um, working with a variety of teams so ITV we've got a number of teams in marketing and commercial and production and broadcasting quite a, a big range of teams and that's quite that's quite interesting you know i think diversity is something you want in your role isn't it you kind of want to work with lots of people trying to achieve something together um and that variety is what i've kind of enjoyed fantastic yeah it seems like such a sort of varied career path you've had um like really having to kind of future sort of forecast in a way and, and be like really aware of kind of what's happening what's changing keeping up to date with the kind of new technologies and then um, as you've 
moved uh, more into management and kind of using more of the sort of communication skills and stakeholder management. Really interesting. Would you say that as you move into management in sort of a technical area, it's quite common that you would then do less of the technical stuff and more sort of the stakeholder management stuff? Is that common if, if you become a leader? I think I think that is common and I think it's very hard to know where your skills are actually uh, until you try some of these things and you know as I, as I started as a, as, a, as a technical person an engineer especially at UCL I never thought I wouldn't do anything very very technical I thought no I'd either always program something or build something but then I guess your your enjoyment and your skills change as things move on right so, so maybe you want to do um, you know, bigger things or, or try different things. And I think for me, um, moving to that broader field allowed me to try and work with a wide variety of things rather than a very specific thing. So I think that's, um, sometimes those things evolve. Um, but if if you're an engineering student at UCL or, or computer science student, I think what you really want early on is you want to get involved with real projects that do things. And that's what you should be aiming for maybe you can go into um, consulting and work for certain consulting firms but I think you really get credibility by doing things and I think that's what you really should be doing you should be working uh, joining companies where you get to work on certain projects that have defined things that you either launch into the market or you've really got good experience of doing those things because going into management without that experience is quite hard actually I think and I really I think you need to really understand the dynamics of getting something done and into market. Absolutely getting that practical experience first. Um, so my next question, obviously we've faced a challenging time um, the last uh, year. What do you think students and recent graduates can be doing now at a time where the job market is challenging? Yeah, it is challenging, not, you know, not only to get new jobs, but to keep new jobs or to keep your job. Um, I think especially now, you know, it's quite apt that if, it's, if you're at university and listening to this, you're, you're obviously learning a lot um, currently. Um, and what I would say is that doesn't, that shouldn't, as an engineer, that shouldn't change. So maybe you know a while ago you would get your degree and say now I'm qualified and now I will do this role but it doesn't work like that really at the moment you actually have to constantly learn about what's changing now in the market and that learning never stops so I think as long as you're demonstrating and you're continuously um, learning at the moment you're giving yourself targets and projects maybe you're um, you know uh, taking some online courses maybe you're using YouTube videos to learn I think if you've got that appetite to keep learning, then I think you have to, that that will put you in good stead um, in, in your career. It's the same thing with other professions like legal and otherwise, you can't just learn the law once and expect that it never changes. They have to constantly relearn how things are happening in the market. And the same thing um, goes for technology. You have to always want to learn all the time. So it doesn't mean that you, I think the exams might stop. <laughs> I didn't quite enjoy my UCL exams. But um, the, le the learning doesn't stop, I think, and that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely, that sort of continued professional development um, is important in so many different sectors, probably in every sector. Yeah, it's not a linear thing is what I thought. You know, I thought you would do your learning yeah, at UCL and then you're, you're prepared. It's not like that, actually. You keep, you keep learning 
Um, and that's a good thing. I think you want to keep learning. So right now, as long as you can demonstrate, I would say my advice would be as long as you can demonstrate that and you're doing that now during this pandemic, then as an employer, you want to hear about people that say they enjoy learning all the time. That's what I want to hear when we interview. We want to hear from people that say, I really taught, I taught myself this and I didn't know about it, but I threw myself in and I learned about it. I tried it out and I did it. Um, that's what I had to do when I got my job here. I didn't know anything about streaming, yet I had to build um, a platform that streamed content from one place to the other. I didn't know anything about encoding a video. I had to take something from um, a show. It was actually it was, I'm a celebrity. That, that, that was my, one of the first things I did. I had to transcode it and put it into a new format. I didn't know anything about that. But because I showed that I could learn how to do that, um, I got put on the project. And the same thing here. I think I want to hear about that in interviews. I want to hear from people that can talk about how they want to learn. Yeah, it's really important, I guess. Um, particularly in technology, I guess, skills are going to expire, go out of fashion. There's always like a new programming language, a new way of doing something. And you have to right. kind of keep up to date and always be learning that that next yeah. thing. I mean, a while ago, people thought that you are kind of categorized into one topic, as in, I'm a software programmer in Java and that's it, right? Or I'd, I'd have to retrain to be something else. It doesn't work like that, actually. You're a software engineer and you will relearn the language that is most appropriate for getting that job done or, or for your next project. You know, um, in, take iPhone, the, the software language from the first iPhone apps has evolved, you know, into Swift and, and other languages. You, as long as you can demonstrate you're an engineer that you can relearn the language, that's important rather than I just do Java or I just do C++. So I think that's, that's, so we're looking for good engineers, not good Java engineers or good X uh, trained engineers. We're looking for people that can show that they can relearn, show their problem solving skills and want to do it and keep going. Um, you know, the languages that were available when I was at UCL are not the same. <laughs> you know, we don't do those in market now. And that's, that's the way it should be and always be. Fantastic. So talking about good engineers, you've contributed to promoting the future of engineers from UCL by pioneering an internship program, which I'm very grateful to you for, um, that's offered to select universities. How important was it for you to provide future engineers with these opportunities to gain industry insights? And can you share a bit about the internships and the success stories we've had? Yes, yes, great. So, um, so we do a couple of things at ITV. We do um, some internship placements uh, where you work with us for eight weeks. And, and for a number of years, we, that was you know, exclusive with UCL, actually, um, bringing people in. And we also do a two-year graduate scheme. And that, um, in that one, you get put on rotation in the different technology departments that I've mentioned um, before. Uh, so eight and nine rotations, which is quite a broad um, place to get experience. Those are the two things that we kind of offer. And the internships that we've been doing with, with, with UCL, we targeted them at um, the engineering, engineering discipline as a whole and computer science and also some of the data um, science uh, aspects. And we've brought in a handful of placements every year where the, we've got a few problems to solve and the um, successful candidates have shown that they want to learn those topics and that they've been enthusiastic 
and we've basically been on a learning journey together on those topics in the summer. So um, we've had a number um, of things. We've had like a couple of years ago, we had Ralph who was uh, looking at uh, IoT and it was helping us with sensors and a booking system to help understand who was in the meeting room. You could you could ask via a chatbot whether someone was in there or not and, and book it. So quite quite a new thing that we, we tried out. Addy um, was looking at machine learning for images. So we helped scan images and find out whether images were similar. And that helped us look at how we would do our catalogs for, for ITV and the images that we've got here. We've had Shirin, who's been looking at automating workflows. You know, we've got a big partnership with AWS and GC, Google uh, Cloud Platform and Azure. And, and she was looking at Google workflows. So we got she got experience of um, connecting things together and allowing our, our teams to, to automate some of their tasks. And we also had Benedict, who was looking at um, something called object-based streaming, where we were working actually with the industry and he helped, helped demo things to the BBC and others on putting together a demo, a demo where you could adjust the audio uh, track um, of, a, of a sports event using IP, um, basically internet technologies, rather than doing it in, in video in, in, in the broadcast side. So that was quite a nice little prototype that we worked with other people on. So quite a range there, you know, different um, problems uh, that we've been working on, and it's just been really enjoyable. Um, so they've learned a lot from their placement, and we've learned a lot from those technologies. And we've also been keen on helping them develop their speaking skills so that those demos have been shown at our show and tell events internally. The one that Benedict did was shown externally, actually, um, on on an international uh, website. And so we're very proud that we've we've been able to, to help people in their careers and, and learn things along the way. Amazing. And and why was it so important to yourself and into ITV to to sort of do that to um, to help people's careers and help their career journeys? Yeah, I mean, I mean, on a personal level, when I, when I was at UCL, I didn't I didn't maybe I didn't get enough help <laughs> with placements and helping me choose my career, and I kind of wanted to help promote that back at UCL. That's why I got in touch again a few years ago. Um, ITV in general, you know, we're a great company that develops people. You know, we're a people company, but we, we reach a massive audience across the UK. And I think that that kind of sums us up that we want to help people develop their careers, um, enjoy themselves whilst they're at ITV. And it's just a positive thing. So um, the, the some placement feeds the graduate scheme and the graduate scheme feeds the current company that we've got and all the different departments and teams. So um, it's just a really positive thing all around. We've got a lot of value from it and all of the, um, hopefully, I'm pretty sure all of the students have really enjoyed their time um, at ITV. And so it's been a win-win all round, really. Um, so it's kind of really fit with us as a company to, to help people and also to be a diverse company. That One of the things I know UCL is proud of is the diversity angle of, of the university itself. Um, and that's one of the reasons I joined ITV. It's quite a diverse place. It gave me a lot of opportunities to um, move around in my career and develop as, at a young age. And our, our graduate schemes and our internship schemes have been actually one of the highest in terms of female-male ratios that, that we've had, especially in recent years. We've had uh, more female than male candidates. So for technology 
placements that's uh, and and graduate schemes that's pretty good in the market and we're just proud of that fact so yeah it's been a, a really mutually beneficial scheme to have this with UCL we want to continue it for many years Fantastic. One thing that um, you said uh, a careers panel that really sort of struck me and stayed with me was that you always look for people that were smart and kind. And I just thought that was such a lovely, uh, <laughs> lovely thing to, to say and to look for in, in candidates. So, yeah, I, I wish I'd coined that phrase. A chap called Tom Clark coined that phrase at ITV and I've kind of used it. And, and um, you know, we, the kind part is that we want to look for people that fit in and that want to work with people. You know, if you've got a very smart person that doesn't really, it's not very helpful to fit in. <laughs> it's very hard going, really, and hard graphs. And at the same time, we trust that the, the people that we get from UCL and, we, and that's demonstrated are very smart and they can definitely learn uh, lots of new things and everything else. So that's kind of why that, that type of mantra has um, continued with us. So, yeah. It's a good mantra. <laughs> and is there one thing in particular you would encourage students and graduates to keep in mind when applying for internships or graduate jobs? Yes, I think um, maybe uh, for me, it was a personal surprise that the thing, to think that your degree is enough uh, to get um, a job interview or, or land a role, it's, it's not enough. You, you need to do your own projects personally. So you need to you know, all of these accounts, like getting a Google account or getting a AWS account, they're free to, to get and get a certain number of credits. So why, why not use that and, and show me projects or, or do projects in your own time that not only solve your, you know, a curious interest that you've got, but, but to show that you're learning things. Um, you know, teach yourself how to create a skill on Alexa or um, something that automates your home or a simple workflow that you've created um, uh, just to show that it works and, and, and to solve a problem. I, I think you've got to keep doing that. You've got to keep demonstrating that. And I think just having a good CV and, and a good degree from UCL, I don't think is enough. I think you need to show that, that drive that you, you want to do things. And that's what I would encourage. I think you should do those things and then talk about those things in the interview. Great. And, and what I really like about that is that anyone can do it. I think a lot of times employers say, we oh, agree is not enough. We're looking for people who've got internships, work experience, you know, clubs and societies, Duke of Edinburgh, volunteering, the list goes on. But actually yeah. doing your own personal projects, that's something anyone can do and it's accessible to everyone. It's accessible to everyone. It's not it's not about spending money. It's about, you know, doing things. Uh, I guess also to the same guys that I've just been saying here is that you should be doing things that are interesting to you, not just do a personal project just to, because of the interview. I think follow, follow your interests and, and do lots of things, do a variety of things. But um, yeah, it is really important to show that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely would encourage it. It's definitely the thing that we look for. Uh, my final question, Clive, is what would you say are the key skills necessary to succeed in your industry? skills so I guess we touched on some of them before about about learning um, that you need to demonstrate that, that and you need to want to do that I think the second thing is how do you present that information and what are you doing to improve that so I guess earlier on in my career I didn't do a lot of speaking about the technology I just did the technology so when it came to stakeholder demos 
or demonstrations or even presenting the work, it was something I was quite rusty on or, or wasn't probably good enough on at the time. And I think now you should also challenge yourself. You're doing these projects or getting involved with things or hackathons or company things that people are doing. Maybe put yourself in a position where you need to present that work or talk about that work, almost TED Talk style, you know, where you can talk about what you've learned and how that thing helps you. And it's surprising how much you need that to develop your career. You need the speaking and demonstrating aspect. How do you show the data around what you've done? How do you use data to make a good presentation run well or a good demo work well? Um, so I would I would challenge yourself and try and get to things where you have an opportunity to speak or show something, get involved with a test or a some kind of, like I said, a hackathon event that someone's running and then just improve improve that aspect of your um, skills. Maybe it's natural to you. Maybe it wasn't, it wasn't initially to me, but a, a lot of people, it's not natural to speak about things in front of an audience of five, 10, 20 people, 30 people. And I think you should just do that. Just do that as much as you can. And then when it comes to interview and it comes to demonstrating things, you can say that you've done that and where you've done that. And that really helps. Maybe someone might have seen you. I might have seen you on a on a YouTube video, speaking at some event or testing out something. You know, I think you just need to try to improve that aspect as well as the technical aspect of your of your repertoire. Fantastic. So it's really being able to sort of communicate your technical knowledge and sometimes to a sort of non-expert audience. So yeah. So the, I mean, there are plenty of courses about what makes a good TED talk and, and how to speak and everything else. I, went, I once went on a course that taught me, um, I'm not sure if you know this, but did you know that Barack Obama's introverted? Did you know he was introverted? Uh, I, I read Michelle Obama's um, yeah. autobiography and yeah, I think she might have mentioned it in there. Yeah, it's, it's, so basically he's taught himself how to speak. So, it's, so when you, he's taught himself how to control what he's saying and everything else. And when I, when I heard about that, I thought, okay, that means that you know, extroverts, I guess it's harder to contain what you what, what you know into a, into a story and everything else. But if if that level, and he's quite an expert expert speaker, if you if it's something you can learn, why not do that yourself? So why not try and learn how to hold a five minute demo or to do a small TED talk of ten minutes, and and just practice with different people at, or at different events? I think it will really help you. Absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Clive, for joining our podcast and sharing your valuable insights with our audience. It's been really great to hear about all your professional experiences. And a big thank you to our audience for listening to this episode. Keep an eye out for more episodes, which will be released weekly on audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Well, thank you very much, Amy. Thank you for having me. Um, and it's obviously great always to uh, talk to anyone from UCL about these different options. I guess if you want to read more about what ITB is doing, we've got... Um, a blog post on Medium. You can find us there, ITV Technology. You can hear about some of the stories that we've written about. Um, and yeah, I look forward to speaking to you more in the coming months and years. Thank you very much. Thank you, Clive.